0: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Manifesting Brilliance podcast. My name is Jerome Emhoff. I am your host, and it's my pleasure and honor, as always, to welcome you to the space and to this conversation. As always, um, let's just take a moment to ground ourselves in this in this space, in this time, in this uh, this holy instant, as the Course of Miracles would call it. So if it is safe for you to do so, I'll ask that you close your eyes. And you can place your right hand over your heart and your left hand over your right hand. Just become aware of your breath. And we see in the middle of our minds a little ball of golden light. We watch this light as it begins to grow larger and larger. Until now, it fills the entire inner vision of our minds. We see for ourselves within this light a beautiful temple. We see a garden which surrounds the temple and a body of water which flows through the garden. We notice that the inside of the temple is lit as well with the same beautiful golden light. And this is where we are. For we have been called together by the power and into the presence of God, source energy, the creator of all that is. We devote this time spent together, our relationships to one another, the work that we do and all that we are to God's Holy Spirit. And we pray that that same Holy Spirit would lift us above and beyond this illusion, this world of chaos and uncertainty to the grace and peace and perfect love that lay beyond. And so it is together we say, Amen. I am really pleased to welcome Amy Elizabeth to the podcast. I met Amy serendipitously um, through a community called Guidely. And so Guidely is a community of coaches and guides and people who are interested in um, transformation. And uh, Amy and I are both guides um, on that platform, which you can find... Uh, You can actually join the community by going to community.guidely.com. If you use the the code LAUNCH30, uh, you'll get your first month of premium membership for free. But um, it's a really fun space on the internet, sort of the Facebook for the transformational community. So you won't see any of the political talk or any of the the negativity that you'll find on Facebook in this community. We just launched in March, um, and it's been tons of fun being a part of it. And one of the things that's been really awesome is to meet people. Um, like Amy. So Amy is a somatic and intuitive healer. And um, I welcome you to our conversations today, Amy.
1: Hi, Jerome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. And um, I loved your prayer and your grounding. Thank you so much. Awesome.
0: Yeah. I have to give credit where mm-hmm. credit's due. That prayer is how Marianne Williamson begins all of her talks. And I have been following her uh, for many decades. And uh, it just resonates with me. But give her credit. Uh, so, uh, Amy, when you talk about being a somatic and intuitive healer, share with the listeners and with me a little bit about what that work is involves. Like, how do you work with your clients? What do they come to you
1: for? Fabulous. Great question. So I started my, I guess career in transformative work as a massage therapist. And I very quickly realized that just um, what I like to say, pushing on bodies wasn't creating the change I really wanted to see in the world. And it interestingly also wasn't creating the change that my clients were coming, were looking for. Um, And I've always been a sensitive um, and I truly honestly believe that all humans are sensitives. Um, So many of us have just had it kind of smushed out of us Mm -hmm. And I was feeling into things. I was like, oh, there's actually five bodies here. There's the physical body, which we live in. And I um, lovingly call our meat suits. And there's our energetic bodies, which animate and move with the energy of the cosmos. Our emotional body, which is where we can see that things get stuck and end up turning into dis-ease our mental body, which is where we keep our stories and can also really affect our physical body and then our spiritual body. And what I was seeing in clients is that our bodies can to some extent be a toddler. For anybody who's a parent out there, um, you can, if you're paying attention, if you're present with that moment you can see the meltdown before it happens <laughs> 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 you you can see it coming right uh, and our our bodies are kind of like that if we're present and embodied if we're living in our physical selves we can oftentimes see or feel the what could end up being a big dysfunction coming um, so i work with those Five bodies. Um, I'm a shamanic practitioner, an astrologer. I work in the Akashic Records. Um, and these days, I have transitioned from doing more traditional massage and trigger point therapy into cranial sacral therapy okay. and somato emotional release because it moves through the body in such a deep manner. Um, and then, that, so I mix that with some fascial release. And um, I lead women's groups. I hold retreats. I'm a firewalking instructor. Wow. I have a number of tools in my, uh, what I like to say is my, my energetic bookcase <laughs> um, to pull from, to, to help clients. And my clients primarily are people who hear the whisper of, and there's more. hmm They understand and and they maybe don't consciously understand, but there's a deep knowing inside each of us that, that whispering of, and there's more, you know, when I, when I call upon that from an astrological standpoint, I will often, that's Pluto to me. That is the Lord of the underworld wanting to embrace all that we are and is always whispering in our ear, and there's more. Like, I want you to bring all of you to this life because all of you is needed here.
0: That's really profound. Um, so, I want to make sure I jotted these down really quickly. So, you said there's a, a mind or a mental body, mm-hmm. emotional. Yep. Right. Our physical body, mm-hmm. the spiritual body, and an energetic body. Yep. Wow. And so as you're talking about that, I'm thinking like, oh, wow, I can see in my own life at different times when these five bodies aren't in alignment, Mm -hmm. right? They're not. And and that then becomes, as you're saying, disease, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it just, it's so, I, I, as an NLP practitioner, neuro linguistic programmer, uh, programming tra- uh, practitioner, we talk about parts work, like aligning different parts of ourselves. And I think this even, I can see how it somewhat relates, but much on a much deeper um, deeper level. And then you're mentioning uh, the astrology that you do, the you know, understanding astro- um, astrological um, aspects. And it just, it's so fascinating to me. And you and I had spoken um a number of weeks ago about all of that. Um, so how does one? I love that you said we need like, you know, that the universe needs all of us, that the world needs all of us. How do we, how do we do that? And it's probably not an easy answer, but like I'm looking at myself and I'm I'm thinking, okay, Jerome, you got the spiritual stuff down. Um, pretty in touch with the emotionals and the mind, but the physical piece, like we've talked before, I don't feel grounded in my body often. My, my body, I'm not body aware. Um, and, and then, yeah, like how, what are like, how do we do this? How do we, it's just, it seems like a simple question, but, um share a little of insight about how one starts to align these five bodies. Fabulous. If it makes sense.
1: And it, one of the reasons I love the work I do so much is it allows me to meet each client as an individual. Um, right. And that's why I love cranial sacral therapy because each of us lives in our body so differently. Um, and each of us have different body experiences that have maybe chased us out of our body. There are, there are traumas that move us out of our bodies. Some of us just show up on planet and we're way up here because way up here feels more comfortable. This human experience oftentimes feels like a struggle, um, which is one of the reasons that I work in body work and add the shamanic practices to it. Cause the shamanic practices are the earth practices. I work with the elements. Um, it's one of the reasons I have fire as a part of my teaching methods. Um, when you, when you walk on fire, you need to be fully in your body. Like you need to be all the way grounded and before you walk up to the head of that fire to take your first step onto it it is vital and imperative to have a body yes um so when i work with individuals on bringing them back into their bodies it is a step by step process of weaving together the five five bodies into the physical So that we're infusing every single cell, all of the atoms, all of our little particles with soul. Because I believe that when those five bodies come together is when we are at our most soulful. And as a shamanic practitioner, I look around, you know, the lilac tree outside my office window is full of soul. My animals are full of soul. I work to move through the world in the recognition of the mystical truth that everything is the same. Everything is one. And if I want to help return soul to the earth, everything has to have soul. Even our our buildings need souls. Our homes need souls. You know, my car has a name. My son named her. Her name is Eileen. (laughs) I love it. Um, And, you know, I live in Minnesota. So when it is cold here, I will talk to her. Because when we have a relationship with things, we treat them better. Right. So I have a relationship with the earth. I have a relationship with my body. Being in a woman's body can sometimes be fraught because we're told how we're supposed to look and what our shape is supposed to be and how we need to fit in and move to belong in this world.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I really work with clients on their belonging to themselves and to the community that I create. Um, And I have, I have a beautiful community. Not all of my clients work with me in every way I offer And so many of them know each other and, and touch in and take care of each other. And that's a really, it's such a gift Mm -hmm. to watch the soul energy that moves between them and how they can connect in and the more connection we have, whether it's with ourselves by landing in our bodies and feeling sometimes being in a body is uncomfortable for a soul, (laughs) This earth school thing is hard. Right. Um, So it's just baby steps.
0: Yeah, I love this idea of everything having a soul and coming back to that. And um, so many things pop in my head (laughs) as we're talking. One of the things that I found really interesting in my own study was understanding the difference between soul and spirit. Mm -hmm. and uh sonia choquette talks about your soul being like spirit is and you talk about a spirit body so spirit being and maybe you speak of this differently but in my understanding there's the spirit the one spirit the god energy that's in all of us and then our soul is imbued with that but our soul is our life experiences and um so the mental the emotional Mm-hmm. those things combined to be our soul and that's um it's an in imbo- or imbued with spirit spirit is what energizes it but it's and you're talking about a, the Akashic records so our soul continues to be a single a single soul all united completely with spirit
1: mm-hmm.
0: but and um and i think what what you said to me that just resonated so much with me. is like in the soul embodying the body or, or like being grounded in the body mm-hmm. and our home is having a soul. Cause I know my home has a soul. People come into my home and they like, I've had so many friends who say that have stayed and slept in my office. Like I slept better in your office than I've slept anywhere. And I'm like, yeah. Cause my office is a creative space that, and I spend a lot of time in here praying and meditating and it's filled with things I love. It's my favorite place in the house. There's so much love and energy in this room. Of course you feel it. And it's a cozy place to sleep because you're wrapped up in that. And um, I just, I love that. I love just everything you're saying about that and naming your car. How cool is that? I think I need to name my car because I think she would love me a little bit more if I named her. So, and I think she's a girl anyway. <laughs> so um, the Akashic records. Mm-hmm. Explain to listeners. Cause I think it's a term we hear and I don't know if everyone
1: understands what mm-hmm. that is.
0: What is that? Tell me what that is and how we work with it.
1: Um, So Akasha is Sanskrit for ether. So the Akasha, the Akashic records are the ether. It is the everything that we don't see. And when those of us that work closely with that talk about the Akashic records, um, it is considered the library of soul. It is the place that we can energetically go to to seek information that is at the edges of our knowing because we've got our conscious knowing. We've got that mental knowing and it's for me, I oftentimes am very aware of the Akashic Records when everybody has had the experience of knowing when someone's lying to you. Mm-hmm. because the energy is there's a dissonance in it. it and and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with any shiftiness or body language because the other person may not recognize that they're lying cuz they're speaking what they believe is their personal truth but we can feel the dissonance in it that there's there's this level of being uncomfortable So that for me is kind of a first level tap into the Akashic records. When we, when we feel that the energy Mm -hmm. isn't congruent or in integrity, because integrity is rooted in the word, you know, to be integrated. Right. All of your parts aligned. Yeah. You're in integrity when you're aligned.
0: Interesting. So uh, the Course in Miracles speaks about, and Marion Williamson in her lectures talks about all minds are connected. We all know everything on some level. And we know when somebody is blessing us and when they're cursing us and they don't have mm-hmm. to say a word. Or in situations like in relationships when I'm coaching people and they'll talk about something and like having like maybe a difficulty at work with a coworker. And I will say your coworker senses your contempt for them. Mm -hmm. you don't have to say anything they sense it yeah and the way around that is to bless them every day right Mm -hmm. is to pray for them before you go to work may may she be happy may she be blessed maybe she be loved and shower her with love and then something will shift the energy will shift Mm -hmm. and so i think as you're talking about the akashic records it seems to me that it's this collective consciousness, perhaps, yep. like what Jung called the collect collective consciousness mm-hmm. and the the archetypes that we all understand. Like there's this n- knowing that we're all uh that's innate. Mm-hmm. Um and so tapping into that. Um and it, what I find so interesting is that how easily people dismiss these things, right? Um Like you said, it's just on the edge of knowing. And so as I'm thinking that I'm like, so there, I know there are times when I tap into something bigger than myself. Um, And I'm not practiced as practiced as at it as I would like to be, but like, you'll get an intuitive hit. Mm -hmm. And I can say from my own experience, when I follow the intuitive hit, rock on. Yep. When I ignore the intuitive hit, shit hits the fan. Mm -hmm. yeah
1: right yeah the one of the beauties of the akashic records so i spoke about it as a collective right we can also tap in and just like we would call on i call them my spirit posse i have a whole posse um we can tap tap in they're oftentimes called our record keepers and we can ask them to take us to our individual soul book or to the edge of what we know about ourselves. So there's, of course, the collective piece of the Akasha. And then there's our individual access to that intuition that you were speaking of right. and how we can, we can go to the edge of what we think we know. And there's actually, there's a prayer and there's, there's a ritual piece to allow you in to you know, access your record keepers. You know, we ask for clarity. We ask for, you know, their assistance and their help. And spirit is ethical. Spirit will stand aside and wait to be asked for help. It is always there. It wants to support us. We are children of divinity in every way, shape, manner, and form. And as a parent, I know that help will be best received once it is asked for. Well, and that's, again, with the
0: Course in Miracles, the Course says the Holy Spirit um, responds to our slightest invitation, like just the tiniest invitation, but will not interfere, will not intervene until we ask because yes. we have free will and, and it just is never going to go there. It's mm-hmm. not going to impose its will on us, um, which is beautiful. And I love knowing that when I ask, the help was received. I often ask not not my record keepers and i'm glad you added that to kind of my tool my toolbox because i think i am gonna explore that a little bit more but i asked spirit guides for help mm-hmm. um anyone who's crossed over uh, you know if i'm if i'm writing you know i might ask oscar wilde or somebody you know uh, on the other side who is a great writer to kind of help me as a muse mm-hmm. um i Talk to my grandparents and it's my father who crossed over and asked for their help and their wisdom. Um, but when we're talking um Akashic records and our personal record, that then includes past lives, yeah, all of all of the experiences our soul has had, this mm-hmm. soul, because that's what travels, right? The past yes. life. My soul has been in several, many different mm-hmm. bodies um over the course of of um, its existence. And I mm-hmm. um, so when we are looking then at tarot cards or astrology or whatever these tools are Mm -hmm. are we then is that how we're getting information from from
1: i believe that it is when we can when we can tap in and the trick is oftentimes like don't ask a yes or no question um when i pull cards or create a spread. I'm asking for guidance. I'm asking to be, you know, can you tell me a story about this? Fill in the blank. Right. Um, what do I need to see about this? Um, right. I'm not asking for yes or no's. Right. I'm not asking to be told what to do. I'm asking for deeper, wider, higher level of information then right. my little human self can see As I will, you know, I'll talk about chaos to an extent and what looks like chaos to our humanity, to our human self, when we can get up in what I call the high shamanic place, that point of the soaring condor, or even higher, the point of the stars, we're far enough away that we can see that it's just a really big repeat that there is a pattern to it but our little human self can't see the pattern you know there's a pattern to the sofa behind you the repeat on that pattern goes from the big rose to the small rose before it starts over again with the big rose right right it's a small enough repeat in the pattern that our human self can take it in and on a cosmic cyclic divinity level we have to really move and and dance between our humanity and our highest self our divine self our soul self our you know connection with spirit to move on, on all the levels that we can be in our human body to feel the feels right and we can also step out to realize this is temporary It may not seem like it's temporary because our lives are like that. You know, we're in this changing of the ages where we're moving from Pisces into Aquarius and we've got about another 140 ish years left. And to us 140 years feels like, Oh, it's never going to end. Right. (laughs) And, and to the, to the, divine cosmos to the to source it's like the last 10 minutes of the movie they're watching credits at this point right
0: (laughs) well and also i think we have to recognize that divinity exists in eternity which is outside of time and space altogether, Mm -hmm. right and so it has this picture of all of it at once Mm -hmm. right Uh, i love that einstein said uh time and space are Exists just so everything doesn't happen at one time, right? Something to that effect. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense because divinity sees all of it, yeah, all of it because it's outside of it. Um, but for us, it's just yeah. Um, so my here's my question a little bit because we talked um, when we when we had our fabulous conversation some weeks ago. We talked a little bit about astrology and you know people reading their horoscope, which seems like just like the sort of the silly game piece of astrology. And we talk about how much bigger it is mm-hmm. than all yeah. of that. And I, I read my own tarot cards and I read cards for other people. And when I read for somebody else, I know this going in for myself, but when I read for somebody else, I always say this, this the cards are going to give us a snapshot mm-hmm. of the energies right now. Mm-hmm. And what's potentially going to happen if nothing in this energy changes. -hmm. Right. And but none of this is carved in stone because we have free will. So if there's anything that shows up in these cards that you don't like, that's in your trajectory, you have you're at free will, you can change it, you can make the change. So now I'm speaking to somebody who's an expert in this stuff. Is that (laughs) or more so than I, as you laugh? I think you you. are. I think you're very intelligent. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Is that, a, is that a fair assessment to say that it's not carved in stone? Like I read my horoscope and, you know, to what extent are these things faded as opposed mm-hmm. to us being able to work with the energies and make conscious choices, being mindful and shift energies so that maybe we have a different outcome. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And it's a great question. I love it. So, for me, fate is the easiest, obvious road. Um, if I apply it to astrology, our fate is our south node. In, and the south node in astrology is the place we come from. It's comfortable, it's what we know, it's safe. Um, we can oftentimes see the outcome to an extent. And I feel destiny is our North node. It's this flag that waves that says, if you come this way, (laughs) things may not be easier, but they will be simpler. And- You're stepping into what you don't know when you move toward your North node, when you move towards your destiny, you're walking towards something you don't necessarily know. You can't see the outcome. You're, you're standing and you're being really in your full truth. And you're saying, what is my next right step? It's not, where do I want to get to? Or what do I want to gain? It is just, what's the next right step? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think of Anna in Frozen 2 in the cave <laughs> after Elsa's died and she just is going to take the next right step. That's the song that comes to mind.
0: <laughs> I don't know the movie, but I'm sure some of our listeners who have young children probably do. Um, I saw Frozen 1. Um, okay. And my, I had two little nieces who loved it. And I thought if I hear the song, let it go one more time, I might. You might let it go. I might let it go. Um, <laughs> so what I'm hearing you say, which I think is really beautiful, is that our destiny is the same as our design purpose. It's the reason we're here. It's our most authentic self. It's our most authentic pathway. And it's not necessarily preordained. But it's the path that God has paid for us. This is going to be your best, most authentic, best life. And we can, and we follow that. And I love all of the, you know, you're talking about it, your North node. And you said, um, you didn't use the words true North, but I heard that in like your North star, like there's a Mm -hmm. lot of following, you know, what's your North star. And I love knowing that. And Mm -hmm. I, that, and that's different than fate. And you say, you know, like, your self-note is like, oh, I know the outcome. Like, that's the stuck patterns. That's the, what we know how to do. It's the comfortable, it's the default setting. Mm -hmm. But we have this destiny. Which is a, yeah. And at the end of the day, the destiny always is pure love, pure light, pure happiness. Mm -hmm. That's it. I mean, and so, um, yeah, that's really, it's, that's really beautiful. I um. yeah i love it
1: i love astrology because in in talking about fate what happens is the moment that astrology there's a metaphysical reason like moving into quantum physics why astrology works and it has to do with the fact that that first breath that we take that moment that we're born that's why a birth chart needs your your minute of birth and your location. Your geographic location is—you are breathing in the energy of everything that exists in that moment, and and that is setting you up with your obstacles. Um, I'm a fan of obstacle courses. We are going to the world's largest bounce house on Saturday, and they have a <laughs> 900 yard obstacle course. Oh wow!
0: <laughs> um,
1: and it is. I don't see an obstacle as a bad thing. It is a chance to test myself. And when I look at a chart, we have obstacles and we have gifts. Mm -hmm. And so often they're actually the same thing. Mm -hmm. We just have to move past our, our human messiness or our resistance to utilizing that gift. Yeah. You know, I have an Irish heritage. I have been quiet and silent most of my life because I was raised in a house where, number one, children are seen and not heard. And number two, I was born in a gender that is really important for me to just be seen. So the amount of talking I do at this point in my life, I needed to move past that obstacle to find my voice.
0: Mm-hmm
1: and my ability to share um, my passions and the things I'm excited about and what lights me up. And if you look at my chart, I have a natal Saturn Uranus square. So now I'm going to break that down into the pieces. A square is a conflict. It is, it is two energies coming at each other at a 90 degree angle. And for the majority of humans, well, all humans, we can't see, Around a corner. We just can't. We're not built that way. So, a square to some extent is about our ability to trust that we are held Mm. and that we are supported. And to have a Saturn Uranus square for anybody that remembers the tension of 2021, like the overarching umbrella tension that took place the whole year, that was because we had three Saturn Uranus squares happen. (laughs) (laughs) now i live in that tension natally saturn is tradition it is our ability to be disciplined it is saturn is the carpenter he he is the father and he will hold he will build whatever structure we design and then he'll hold it like a boss So if we decide we're going to build a box that's too small for us to live in, he will build it. He will hold it. He's got (laughs) it. (laughs) He will do what you've asked. Uranus, on the other hand, is the rebel. He is the guy up in the cosmos that is rolling through the heavens on his side. Everybody else is all upright and spinning. And Uranus is just up there rolling around on his side. He is doing things in a radical revolutionary way. And the balance with a Saturn Uranus square is to strip away and recognize which traditions are valuable and then to radically revolutionize and create new. And the beauty of the energy of a square is that when you bring those energies together, it helps us to overcome. It helps us to stand up because for people that sit in chairs with their butt in the seat and their feet on the floor, what you're doing with your body is creating a square with your legs. Mm. And when you access the potential of the energy in your feet and the potential of the energy in your hips, and you bring them together to your knees, we can stand up and we can overcome.
0: Beautiful. and. How often, like, the times in my life where I had the most growth mm-hmm. were the times when I was probably in that, that opposing force as the square. Mm-hmm. Like, all hell seemed to be breaking loose in my life, right? Like, I was meeting obstacles, right? Some mm-hmm. really difficult obstacles which were just opportunities for me to stand up opportunities for me to learn a lesson, stand in my power, make, make a choice, move forward. And that is where the most amazing personal spiritual growth in my life happened. And when I'm in a place of a plateau, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. it's great. It feels good. Yeah. But there's, I'm not going, I'm not growing. I'm not growing until I meet the next obstacle or challenge, which is the opportunity. Again, like you said, and you said that the, the, the obstacles are the gifts and they are mm-hmm. right. Those, those moments of discomfort where we're really being tested.
1: Um, mm-hmm. And back yeah, to and, your Tarot example. Yeah. When we need it. And when we recognize, yeah, this is hard and I have complete control because I'm here in my body right. and I can decide how to meet this.
0: And you said something that was also very beautiful, which is we're being held. Mm-hmm. Like the divine holds us always, always. Yeah. always. And I have... In my study of a course in miracles and media, I meet with a group on Fridays. Um, that's the foundation for inner peace. They're the publishers of the course. And I get to meet with the volunteers and the staff on Fridays. And we talk about what's going on in our lives in relationship to the course. and And we often talk about how much we project into the future or we live in the past rather than being in the moment. And and I, and I think, and even though, you know, Tarot and astrology sometimes are looking at the future, we're looking at a pattern. What I find so phenomenal is in this moment, the grace of God is always sufficient if we just listen for it and feel into it and know it's there. And in this moment, I have a choice. The future hasn't happened yet. The past is over. Can't do anything about either of those. But in this moment, what can I do? What's the next right, right step for me to take right now? Knowing I can't see around the corner, mm-hmm. knowing that my destiny is that flag waving at me. I'm not quite sure what it is. I know it's the, the right path. Mm-hmm. It's I'm uncertain, but I don't need to worry about that. What's the best thing for me to do right now in this moment? And then also, what I love about what I'm learning is I'll take the next best step. What seems to be the, you know, I decide this is the next right step. Oh crap. It was not a, it was a mistake, mm-hmm. but the universe self-corrects and, and reorganizes. Mm-hmm. It's like we have this internal GPS. that's, Oh, no problem. Just take the next left and you'll be back on back yeah. on track. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it seems the work you do, and what I try to do in people who are in this transformational community is asking the right questions, asking and listening and looking for guidance through the shamanic um, traditions and the things that are available to us. Mm-hmm. Spirit guides, what prayer, meditation, whatever it is. Um, and I think that's sort of where the rubber hits the road.
1: Yep.
0: Is being tuned in. And there's so many people that I, I meet and have in my life who aren't tuned in or think it's all just a bunch of bunk. I have a friend right now who's like, Oh, don't talk to me about that universe crap, you you know, whatever. And going through something right now and he feels completely a victim. Mm -hmm. You know, just total victim mentality. And I'm just like, the minute you release that idea that you're a victim, that will be when, when all of this shifts.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. We have so much power. I, um, I like to compare it to a flight pattern. So we're on the runway, right? We're ready right. to take off in our little plane and we have to check in with air traffic control. We have to check in with divinity because right now air traffic control knows What the other air traffic is with the other with the other flight mechanisms, helicopters, airplanes, hang
0: gliders,
1: (laughs) depending on what you want to fly.
0: Hot air balloons.
1: Hot air balloons. We have to check in with the weather also. Right. And we when we're given clearance, when divinity says, yes, go right now. That's because those patterns, the flight pattern and the weather pattern are favorable. And and if we wait, that's okay. We can wait. We also then have to check in and recognize that the flight pattern and the weather have been changing the entire time we've been waiting. And so maybe where we had our heading set is no longer what it is because we waited. So what's your new heading? And so that next right step is the course correct. And we may get five steps down from a wrong step and realize that it was exactly the right step because that wrong step took us to that left and four more steps down the road. We're like, oh, we needed that. Mm -hmm. We needed that moment to fortify, to grow, to bring our presence really deeply in here and and root it in. Right. And that mistake, it was a gift. Right. It was one of those bazonker universal gifts that in the moment, you know, we will cross our arms and say, well, that is not what I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) And except, there, <laughs> Except it's what we needed. Right. right. Mm-hmm.
0: So what occurs to me to ask maybe for any listener who's new to some of this is how does, like, so you're ta- you have a lot of tools. So you're mm-hmm. tapping into all of these things. But say someone doesn't have all of those tools. I still think the universe, God, speaks to us. Oh, totally. And, and so how, like, what are the mm. things that, that someone can look for? For me, I think you just know, like there's that knowing, mm-hmm. like I'll, I always say to people, trust your vibes, trust your vibes. They will not let you down. What does your mm-hmm. heart say? You know, but what is that? Like, how does it show up for people? What do they, what do they look for? How do they um, how do they do this? Like-
1: I th- There's a number of ways. Like the first thing that comes to me is coming back to your question about how, how do we be better in our bodies? Um, for some people, I know there's a softening that happens. So many of us are held on alert all the time because we, we live in, in a society, especially here in the United States that is in a big state of, are we going to heal? Right. We've, we've cleaned out the closet. We see what the messes are. we going to heal. But that mess has put all of us kind of on alert. Mm -hmm. And so I know for some people, there's a softening in the body. Um, and to get into the body, dance, move, get your groove on shake your thing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, shake what your mama gave you. Um, (laughs) take baths i love um, i'm a bath taker, big time love baths um there's something about being in that water and just allowing to what rise up rise up um to trust what comes
0: mm-hmm. it shifts you, your energy so mm-hmm. like it is such an like if i am in a depressed state or anything like i need to shift my energy i'll take a shower or i'll take a bath
1: mm-hmm. oh you can i do some of my best processing in the water. Put me me too,
0: absolutely. I'm Pisces, oh. so maybe that's why. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, I'm a Cancer yeah. Moon. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, that's great. That's helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also and would you say this? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I yeah. also love um my I have a podcast also, and my co-host and I we we really focused in on astrology, and we have a catchphrase like you can't make it up. You just when you're when you're aware of what's going on the synchronicities if you're just open to the signs you know i i've got a prayer to mercury mercury he is the messenger he is the translator he he speaks all the languages and i will say mercury make it loud like sometimes i'm not all that bright so if you could make it really obvious and make it really loud I would love that because that would be helpful and it would be wonderful. Um, I pay attention to animals, like as a shamanic practitioner, I'm really very, very aware of animals. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a person who can go out into the woods, even with my canine and, you know, she's a little Pisces, she's a therapy dog. We groove in the same juice, she and I, um, And we can walk through the woods and the birds keep singing and all the animals keep doing their thing because our energy is in sync. Mm -hmm. So when I run into an animal, I will oftentimes say to the animal, like, do you have a message for me? Yeah. And whatever, whatever weird thing comes up, like maybe strawberry is what pops into my head. And I don't know what the thing is. But it oftentimes comes in parts and pieces, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like we get the whole thing.
0: (laughs) Right. No, yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. We get parts and pieces. And it's always fun to look back. I'm a big journaler. Me too. To look back and to watch the story unfold. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Of
1: course, we can't recognize that we're in an unfolding story when we're in it. And then suddenly we look back, and we're like, "Oh, look at this!" Um, I set up an archetypal journey for myself every year on my birthday, and that's four cards: it's the archetypal self, the archetypal place, the archetypal tool, and what the goal of the year journey is. And then I pull from a different oracle card deck one card per month. And my card, my my birthday is on the twenty eighth of March. So my card that ran from April 28th until May 27th was a card that was called um free from judgment free to love and it was about healing the mother wound and it had this beautiful prayer that went with it and I write out the prayer and I say it to myself every day in the mirror or before bed I'm very very uh structured about it mm-hmm. and Mother's Day rolled around I've been a single mother um, from the moment I said I'm pregnant. Oh wow. And Mother's Day rolled around. And Mother's Day is a hard holiday for me. I'm a, I'm estranged from my biological mother and she has now passed away. I've been a single mother my whole life. So it, my son's whole life. So it has been just another day. <laughs> and um my lovely partner showed up this year with flowers. Oh wow. And said happy Mother's Day. And I like lost it. I completely and totally lost it. And we were we were laying in bed and talking about it. And I was just telling her that like this is a hard day for me. And it is for so many. And I was going on and on about mother. And she said to me, She's like, um, didn't your card this month have something to do with mother wound? And it's that moment. Where I pulled a card in March that completely and totally aligned for Mother's Day. And it was all about healing our mother wound. Yeah, beautiful. It's, it's those moments. It's the you can't make it up if you try.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think so much of what you're sharing is. I, I, I think spiritual practice of some sort is so valuable, you know, whether that's meditation or prayer, or right now I'm leading a group through the artists' way. And so they're they're all doing morning, you know, we're doing morning pages, which is a spiritual practice. And we talk a lot about looking for serendipities and synchronicities and really sort of paying attention. Like you're talking about the animals. And I um I grew up in western South Dakota in the Black Hills around the Lakota people. And so animal medicine was always kind of, you know, you hear about that. And so I will see animals sometimes. um, Like, uh, you know, some bird or like, I've not seen for a while or for a long time I was seeing roadrunners a lot. I'm Like, why do I keep seeing roadrunners? And I'm like, there's, there's a message. I mean, there are a lot of roadrunners out here in the desert, but I kept seeing them like every day. Out walking the dog. Here's the Roadrunner. Here's another one. So it's like I need to look this up. So doing a Google yep. search, like, what is it? You know. Um, and Roadrunners are interesting because they're tracks. You can't tell which direction they're going. Ooh,
1: like that is very. The, I didn't know so, that.
0: So it's about timelessness, and yeah. And so I looked, and I don't remember all of it, but I remember like, okay, paying. It, so paying attention, like, why do I keep mm-hmm. seeing the same numbers? What? What, you know, what is this for? That's one of the mm-hmm. questions that one of my mentors um, through the Course of Miracles group often would have us ask, what is this for? Yeah. You know, what is this showing up for? And I think mm-hmm. being in a state of awareness and, and sort of asking for the guidance, being open to the guidance, mm-hmm. changing the way you show up in the world yourself, you know, like you were talking about you pull a card and you pray and you have those rituals, um, Mm -hmm. telling Mercury, make it loud. You know, Uh I need, yeah. I, I often say that. And sometimes when I go to bed at night, I'd be like, I, I'm having a problem. Okay. God, if this works for you, show me in my dream, what I need to know. Mm -hmm. Like I'm open to being when I, um, back in the day when I did youth ministry and was really steeped in the Christian church, uh, my friends and I would say, wake me in the middle of the night if there's someone I need to pray for. Mm. And you'd wake up in the middle of the night and realize, oh, I'm supposed to pray for someone. And you would pray not knowing who it was you were praying for. And then you would mm-hmm. find out later. Somebody yeah. saying, oh, I was going through a really rough time. You're like, oh yeah, I was praying for you. Um, being this open. It, it's uh, it's awesome. And I love, uh, do you know Sonia Shokat? Are you familiar with her? Mm-mm. Sonia Shokat is, um, an intuitive uh, psychic and she's written a number of books and uh, really beautiful lives in Paris now, but she, she talks about developing your sixth sensory perception, developing these vibes, Mm -hmm. you know, connecting with your spirit guides and your angels and doing it mindfully. Like these are all things we can build into our lives if we want them and -hmm. it's all available to us. It's all available to us. And it's just a matter of being open and the things that happen when you're open. And I'm so inspired by this talk because I've, the last couple of weeks have been a little bit of of a trial for me. And I'm like Mm -hmm. thinking, okay, Jerome, why was, you know, shit hitting the fan? Because you weren't, you weren't probably the (laughs) cups. Yeah. (laughs) There was an eclipse and I wasn't meditating and I wasn't doing my course in miracles and I wasn't asking for guidance or listening. I just kept kind of getting more and more into the mire and paying attention to the mire and not really saying, okay, spirits, help me out of this. I'm open. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so there are probably all kinds of it's fun to talk to you because it was like, I think last time we talked, you were talking about uh, the year 2020 in 2020 when I'm like, oh, it was horrible. And you're like, yeah, here's why this is your, and I'm like, oh, thank you. Where were you, you know, when I needed you, Amy? <laughs> so, uh, but I, I and- love that, that it, there's, there is guidance and it's all around mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Asking for too.
1: dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, asking for dreams would be another way. Yeah. I, I will ask for dreams. Uh, I run the archetypal astrology group on Guively, the, the platform that Jerome was talking about. And I pick out, I, I will look at a chart for every single day in a week. I do a weekly forecast. And then I look at the, I look at the ephemeris and I pick out aspects of the transits that speak to me. And one of the, so about what, six weeks ago, it was the last quarter waning moon and the transit that I'd picked out that day was this Mercury conjunct Hecate in Taurus. And I do lives every day on Guidely to talk about the archetypes and the energies that we may be seeing and how to work with it, how to call it into its highest. And I didn't do a live that day because I was like, I don't know what to say about this. I don't even know why I picked it. Like, nobody is talking about this. <laughs> and I, I did my my post first sleep bathroom run and I got back into bed and I hunkered down and I said, so I could use some help and some guidance about what to say about Mercury conjuncting Hecate and Taurus. Went back to sleep, had this intense dream. I'm talking to Hecate in a graveyard and then we're in the underworld and she's explaining things to me. And all of a sudden I hear this, gobble, 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 go and I'm like what's a turkey doing in the underworld (laughs) (laughs) didn't she know (laughs) I I hear it again and the dog like jumps up and darts to the window at the back of the house and I look at my girlfriend she's looking at the ceiling I said did you hear a turkey (laughs) and she's like yeah I heard a turkey (laughs) so of the window at the end of the house, there is a tom turkey in the tree in my backyard. I live in Minneapolis, I live in the city. Wow. Talk, talking to the waning moon. The waning moon is up in the sky. She is gilded in pink and gold because she's at 90 degrees to the sun. So the sun is coming up. This turkey is backlit by the sun. The moon is gorgeous and it's a waning moon. The waning moon is Hecate. The turkey is Taurus, the abundance and earth energy and community and the abundance of community if we choose it. And this turkey is in the tree talking to the moon. I am dead serious. (laughs) So Mercury is talking to Hecate. And so that's what I talked about. And then a month later on the next waning moon, I ran into the turkey again. Wow when mercury and hecate were conjuncting again because mercury had turned retrograde and then mercury is about to station and go direct again which means he and hecate will be coming into contact one more time a friend dropped off some vegetables and there was a turkey feather amongst all of the vegetables and i messaged and i was like did you leave a turkey feather with the vegetables and she's like no i didn't leave a turkey feather with the vegetables <laughs> um, so it's those pieces
0: yeah love this, it.
1: Ter- this turkey is showing up to to help me stay focused on community to help me stay focused on my abundance
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know when we had the eclipse on the 15th uh, like there were 13 spiders in my house i couldn't figure out why but hecate was conjunct the sun And we've got these cute little spiders that look like they're wearing tap shoes. Um, So it's those things. It's recognizing all of these little pieces and getting really curious and not dismissing it because it doesn't line up with our rational, constricted, let's just make it fit because we want it to be comfortable and we want to know. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so I just looked up online, uh, Native American medicine, turkeys are an emblem of providence and fertility. You're talking about abundance. So there you go. I love how interconnected this all is. I love it. It just, it it boggles my mind at times. And then I'm just like, of course, you know, Mm -hmm. because we live in an energetic vibrational universe and there is... It, it's all connected. We live in a world that seems like it's a very like duality, but really it's mm-hmm. everything is really about non-duality. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for being here, Amy. I could I could talk to you forever. Um my mind is blown. I mean, I so many questions. Um but uh you've given us a lot of really great um things to think about um just things to be aware of aware about and um and i I love your energy, I love your enthusiasm um you are certainly somebody who is uh, filled with spirit, it just um you emanate this vibrational energy this this glow so thank you so much for being here i wish we had done video because you're radiating um but i I really appreciate this conversation so before we go let the listeners know where they can contact you how they can get in touch with you Mm -hmm. um to work with you or to know more about your about what you offer
1: um you can find me online at A E is an Amy Elizabeth, just my first initials, bodyalchemy.com. And there you will find information about my work. If you're in the metro area, to work with me in person, I also have a number of online offerings for people that want to work from a distance. And I've got a women's retreat coming up in August. So there's awesome. lots of options. Again, that's aebodyalchemy.com. And I would love to hear from all of you.
0: Yeah. And just so everyone knows, she's in Minnesota in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area. Um, so uh very good, and then you you mentioned a podcast
1: yeah did. um so i how do we find that uh rooted cosmic wisdom it is in as I like to say, all the podcast places. (laughs) And We have a YouTube channel um, and I co-host that with um, my dear friend, Alexis Bolvin, and we largely look at astrology stuff and talk through that. We've got an astrology 101 series, and then we look at the different seasons. We talk about what Mercury retrograde actually means, that it's not necessarily a time for panic. It's a time to slow down and to make sure we read things carefully. And to take deep breaths when our technology or our travel goes awry, because Mercury, he's the trickster. He's -hmm. just having some
0: fun. Mm -hmm. And I, I love talking with you because it just reminds me how much I don't know about astrology and what a rich, fabulous world it is. And it makes me curious. And I love, it's wonderful to be curious. And I think that's Mm -hmm. part of, Playing with spirit too. Yeah. It's just being curious like, what is this for? These things show up. What are they for? What's the message? Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, thank you so much for being here. And uh, as we say goodbye, what I would love for all of us to do is just to pay closer attention, be more aware of how uh, the universe, the spirit world, uh, how it's showing up in our lives and guiding us. And just to remember, as Amy said, we're, we're being held. We're always being held.